When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Derek, I have a sinus headache, uh, so I brought extra le. So, yeah, just... Uh, why is why water? What, what do you mean you had a sinus headache so you want to drink water? i never heard that before. When I ensure I'm more hydrated, it helps. My really? sinus headaches, yeah. Is it, that like... When I'm dehydrated, it actually makes it worse. Is that like backed by science? I don't know, but me and... Me and the wife swear by it. So anytime we have a sinus headache, which she has sinus headaches like four days every week. So she'll just sit there and crush water and crush water. But it helps. It definitely helps. I mean, dude, hydration is a key to life. That's true. You know? Your like, body's what, 70% water? It's, yeah, it's like 70 to 76, 77% in that range. Yeah. Whatever the actual statistic is. But it's ridiculous. Like if you're properly hydrated, you're in much better shape. Then if you're not, I want to ask you how much water you drink normally. But before not we dive in, enough, th- yeah, not enough. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah, thank you everybody for joining. We are the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast, where we use our platform to help promote small businesses, and we give them a free platform to promote and do all their things. We release weekly episodes every Monday. We release special interviews every Friday. So if you want to join us in helping small businesses, please remember to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on all of our social media accounts. You can what the cans? Okay, you can. Um, Hit that like button and also leave a comment down below and let us know what your favorite part of today's episode was, especially if it was moving these cans for you uh, because we do yeoman's work over here. But um, yeah, so make sure you follow all of our social media accounts. We post there six days a week, probably seven at this point. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Today, we're obviously going to talk about Mike's sinus headache because clearly that's pressing news. Then we're going to talk about Taconic Distilleries Bourbon Cream. We're going to review that as always, and we have a recommended uh, section for cocktails. Then we're going to round out today's episode with, no, don't remember. Oh, the prominent figures section, Uh, and this week it is Tim Russert. Tim Russert. Yes. Speaking of yeoman's work, he did the yeoman's work. He did. He definitely did. There's a lot of things that I didn't know about when I was doing the research, Um, but I did the research about a week and a half ago, type A. What's up? Mm-hmm. So I'll go through everything. We're not using the TV today, so we're, uh, I apologize. 
but I'm going to read off my phone. So if you're watching on YouTube, then that's, that's probably that's honestly why. a little more engaging reading off your phone anyway, because then you're looking more directly into the camera rather than spinning and shooting up there. You yeah, know? I, I know. But I'm, you know, you and I are old school. Like if we're with guests or if we're doing an interview or if we're just having a collaboration event, like mm-hmm. no one's on their phone. Right. You know, like we're trying to be as present as possible for every moment. So we're trying to drag that into the weekly episodes yeah. but it's fine it's whatever so hydration yeah how much water do you drink a week or a day not enough um i'm <laughs> dude you should legit like drink a gallon of water a day Jesus. and yeah like, your, like your what's coaster on this coaster? To come. yeah this coaster is like i drink a gallon of water a day and the i don't even probably come close to half a half a gallon like at all really yeah dude, because I, what I are you, 16 ounces in the morning you're supposed to have an ounce per half of your body weight or something like something that like right? that yeah but i i have 16 ounces in the morning and then whiskey so <laughs> whatever's in whiskey uh but that's yeah so if, if anyone hears anything crazy it's pretty windy out yeah uh we got like a foot of snow in the last two days but it's warm that's which is why we're back in the garage but it is warmer uh but if you hear a loud creak we're not about to die from a cave-in it's just the the snow on the roof and warm i mean like by buffalo st- or by like buffalo standards if it's texas standards it's just another tuesday for them correct but it's yeah it's like 32 degrees outside so it's pretty warm yeah it's nice so the so yeah so i i probably have less than i probably have a quarter gallon of water a day which is ridiculous i mean that's that's horrible and i'm cognizant about it as of probably a month and a half ago i've been definitely increasing my water intake i just I just get super busy and I just keep going and going and going. I don't stop to drink water so unless I'm like actively working out. Yeah. So your thing is, is that you just don't find time. It's not that you find water boring. Oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't need Mio. I don't <laughs> like, I'm not a, a snob when it comes to water. Like, ugh, I don't drink tap. I'll drink tap. Dude, you know this, yeah. you know me. If, as long as it's not totally stagnant, I'll drink out of it. Um, you can always use a life straw and filter it. You can always boil it. Yeah. But if, if I'm in the States and I'm not in Flint, Michigan or in Lovejoy, like <laughs> I'm drinking the water. But like there is something to be said about good tasting water and it'll make you want to keep drinking it. Like my water that I have here, we I run it through the Breda and it's literally ice cold. Like this Hartman thing that we have of water has an ice cube in it because it's been chilling outside. But the one inside, it goes through the Breda and it's tasty. But my mom's house... I have to bring my own water because my mom lives in Alma and it's disgusting. I don't know why. It's not, they don't have a well. It's not well water. It just tastes like garbage. Maybe because they haven't changed their Brita filter in 17 years, but it just does not taste very good. So I have to bring my own water or else I'm not drinking it. No kidding. I, I got pretty good at it. So I went, when I went to the doctor, he was like, you're dehydrated from my blood work. And I'm like, yeah, dude, but everybody's dehydrated. Nobody drinks the correct amount of water. And he goes, yeah, I know, but just try to drink more. So I drink, like, I have a 34-ounce yeah, thermos. It's, it's the most obnoxious travel mug in the history of the world. But You bring I, that thing golfing. I know. Driving around. I'm like, how do you not pee, like, every 30 minutes? But that's the thing is I drink so much water, and I'm still dehydrated. He still tells me I'm dehydrated. I probably drink, I have to drink, like, 100 ounces of water a day. You drink quadruple the amount that i do yeah of water but i'm still dehydrated so science is a joke That's your what doctor would literally have a stroke if he read my blood work <laughs> you're like why why is your blood 40 abv like <laughs> yeah it's starting to look like kikori whiskey over there when you're pissing because it's just bright yellow yeah seriously but yeah so 
are you do you like try to drink more or do you not no i do it i mean it just i'm always doing something yeah. and i don't think like oh i should stop and drink water now like i just keep working and then all of a sudden i just go to bed do you drink anything else other than water and whiskey and coffee no okay. i have i hiked uh getting into our our weekly recap i hiked in wales the the morning after we found out there was a snow belt hammering the south towns mm-hmm. so or like the southern tier not the south towns but the southern tier so like wales east aurora op colden uh, boston boston kissing bridge like all those springville were just getting destroyed by snow like for people outside of western new york they got a foot overnight and then i drove into the storm to go hike with sam a friend of mine, Harley, brought her husky Luna, and then we just went out and played in the snow and walked Hunter's Creek. So when I got done hiking, I slammed a water bottle. This water bottle I slammed when I got in my truck because I'm like, I'm. that was ridiculous. It was like a two-and-a-half, three-mile hike, untouched, two feet of snow, mm-hmm. just ridiculous. And then when I got home, I had tea. So, you know, I don't necessarily like tea, obviously, because we won the war, but... <laughs> It was nice to drink something yeah, I warm. We dumped all that out, right in the harbor. So, <laughs> I, uh, I I had tea to warm myself up, and I didn't want hot chocolate. Yeah. So I just I had black chai tea, relaxed, and then I had a shake, which was also sixteen ounces of water. So that day I had, you know, over a hundred ounces of water. But does that count though? One day? No, like it in your shake. Yes, because it's still water. But like, it doesn't count for coffee. If it does, I far exceed my amount of water that I need to drink a day. But it doesn't count for coffee. So I don't think it counts. Because it water is in everything if you're really going to be that strict about it. Well, yeah, that's that's why the Irish running joke is <laughs> there's water and whiskey, so I'm fine. There you go. Yeah. The uh, Have you had, speaking of hot chocolate, have you done one of those hot cocoa bombs? The ball thing you yeah. drop in? No. No, you don't drop it in. You put it in there first, and then you pour the hot water over it. It's like an experience, man. You get sprinkles and Oreos flying out of the cup. Then why do I see people with boiling water and then they drop it in? Oh, it's a, are you talking about a bath bomb? No. it's different. That they, it's the hot chocolate bomb, but they do it with boiling. Really? It's the water first. You know, the exciting thing about doing one of those is you're watching the chocolate melt as you're pouring the hot water on top of it. The people that are doing it reverse are like the putting milk in first and then cereal on top of that. Right. It's borderline serial killer mentality. Correct. I agree with you. But I just started drinking orange juice because not just started. Like, this isn't a new thing for me. Like, I finally found this thing. It's awesome. Everyone needs to try it. Uh, but I I drink so much water and coffee and whiskey that I needed something else to cleanse or to, like, keep feed in my palate, you know. So I started drinking a lot of orange juice. The vitamin D, calcium, fortified health, you know. Do you ever drink pineapple juice? Mm-mm. I crush pineapple juice. Really? Yeah. All right, I only relax. Do, I only do when it's in a Singapore sling. What's good? No, I so pineapple juice is actually incredible for you post workout. Really? Because it's full of a bunch of stuff that you excrete during intense exercises. What's your favorite fruit? Pineapple. Is it? The garage is literally going to blow over. <laughs> I hope people hear this because it's kind of it's mildly hilarious. So, what's your favorite fruit? Pineapple. <laughs> Second favorite fruit blueberries like will you buy a pineapple slice it up and then just snack on it yes it's not often but i will i feel like i had pineapples so much it was similar to like the warheads incident that i had a while ago where it started peeling my tongue off because yeah. it's so sour uh i drink i eat so many oranges now i'm gonna turn into an orange i eat oranges i drink orange juice everything in my life is orange uh but yeah 
uh that's really uh that's really it so what else did you do this week what else what what else is going on you um, went hiking outside of the hike i started the trim in my house i'm redoing all the trim in my house so yay. what have you been watching lately on on tv anything exciting the blacklist i'm on the final episode that or the i'm on the final season that's out uh season seven there's we have three episodes left in the season so i'm pretty sad then we're gonna switch to the center and then once the center's up, then we're going to watch the next season of Ozark because it'll be released by then. Yeah. And then once we're done with that, we're going to start Yellowstone. What's that? Yellowstone? Yeah. It's with Kevin Costner, but he basically just like lives out in the middle of the woods and it's him and his family. And it's like in the West. And the mm. whole show is about developers trying to develop the land that he owns. And he's got this massive couple hundred acre ranch. And he's like, no, to all the developers. Really? Yeah. So he basically like goes to war against them, and it's kind of like Ozark in a way, but it's amazing. Mind us some money laundering? No. Oh, there's some money. Okay. It's a good show. I've been watching that Men in Kilts. Did you watch that yet? No, I don't have access to stars. I don't think. We'll buy it. I didn't have access to it. I just <laughs> oh, bought it. Oh, yeah. It was just. <laughs> it's five bucks a month. You're fine. <laughs> but it's cool because the first. That was episode... the most like wasp thing in the world. <laughs> just buy it. <laughs> just buy it, Michael. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great show. The first episode, they went to Lafroig and went through the entire distilling process. It was fascinating. Like, you should watch it. It's it, kind of sad that we get very interested, happy, and excited over that. Dude. And most people are like, what are you even saying? And yeah. we're like, yeah, but dude, the sour mash process? Like, we have to just talk, <laughs> we have to talk about it. Speaking of that, finally got my pin in today. Whoop, whoop. So, I didn't know if you were sarcastic or not, but you actually like the pin? We, yeah. won't, we won't tell people, like, exactly what it is, because if they want it, then earn it. But right. it, you get a pin, and it's it's a part of it. It's It's an experience when you receive it. But, like, I like that it's not in your face. No. Like, to me, if you were passing somebody on the street and you have no idea what that is, you'd be looking at that and you'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. It doesn't say, like, Master Bourbon Dude on it. It just right. has, like, it's plain it's and cool. simple and classy. And it's not like, I am a certified bourbon steward. So I, I, I wouldn't feel weird or pompous wearing it. Mm -hmm. But there's also a level of it where someone would stare at it and be like, are you a Freemason? That's a good point. Like, Very good point. It's it's a conversation starter, and it's perfect to go on a lapel mm -hmm. which of something it's going nice, to be. which it's going to be. Dude, my garage actually might fall over. <laughs> I think a lot of it is. Uh, oh, it's, it's your, all the soffits. Yes, that's what it is. That are soffit, blowing yeah. around out there. Yeah, so we're fine. It's probably not in there correctly, but um. So should we talk a little bit about the uh, cool thing that we had going on this past Saturday? Yeah. First, oh. let's take a sip. <laughs> Get a little nose action of this bourbon cream. So far, it smells like every other bourbon cream. It's very cream forward. This is dangerous, dude. I don't taste... I don't taste much bourbon at all. You know why? Wine. It's 35 proof. That's what the other ones are, though, too. Yeah, I think. but we're not used to 35 proof, especially after this weekend. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that don't know. Tell them about it. We got asked by Three Chord Bourbon to do a barrel pick, and it turned into a collaboration event where we're incorporating our logo and their logo to be on the label 
and we were able to bring in a panel of people that have worked with us from the beginning in the industry um, to sit down and go through a couple options, taste everything, give feedback. It was it was a tasting essentially, so that we can pick our own uh, BHH three chord barrel pick bourbon. And here we go, which Say is prayer. huge. It it really it's, is huge. So it's it, we downgrade basically everything we do at all times because we still don't know what we're doing, but. The opportunity that was presented, we obviously couldn't say no, and it allowed other businesses to network, meet, mm-hmm. hang out for an hour and a half, two hours. How long was that? It was two hours. It was two yeah. hours, and they were able to have like a no, no phone interruption, no outside distractions, nothing about life came into play. It was literally just all of us at a table talking about bourbon and trying to figure out which one tastes the best and talking about the industry in general, where if this podcast didn't exist, they wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. And the people that met would never have met. Right. And it allowed them to also grow their businesses just from that connection. Mm-hmm. So having all of that and then you know, bringing in the people that were brought in had their feedback, but it was so humbling to be a part of that because it's just organic. Everything about that was organic. Like it's just friends at a table picking a good whiskey that they think other people would want to buy. Yeah. So we did the initial first step. We picked a solid first option. We have a secondary option that we're teasing with to see if it makes sense or not. Um, so we're still in the beginning's stages however it's a working progress or it's a working process to establish our own bottle um which will then be sold and then anybody can buy yeah so for everybody that might not be clear on what this is devil's river for their process they had a single barrel and they issued a bottle to us so that wasn't a buffalo happy hour barrel select i I know that could be confusing because our name was on a bottle but it was a single barrel that they gave to us to review. This is, we are actually going to be picking out a barrel at three cord and taking the contents out of that for our podcast. So it's, it's like the next step, which it's a, is, it's awesome. a different animal yeah. and it, it allows us to get more involved in the, the overall operation and process in making a bottle of whiskey, which for us is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So Everything's fine. I'm basically just like letting it pass, and then yeah. we'll continue. So it's it's fine. We're <laughs> it's fine. So at least we got hard. Should balls. I like do some background music so it fades that out? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, we have to leave it because this is part of it. Because this isn't going to last forever. So True. we it, this is it. This yeah. is going to be hysterical in three years when we look back and we're like, what were we doing other than freezing? Right. So. So yeah, so so essentially we're we're working through this. Um, we're letting you guys know if you're interested. Obviously, it's going to be announced of where these are going to be sold for how much, and then you can pick up a bottle. So it's it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're there are so many different pieces that are in uh, in in motion, right? So like graphic designers, um, different businesses, us, and then we're just trying to make this a viable thing. Yeah. It's it's a it's a little baby and we're just letting it grow. But I'm so excited. Yeah. It's gonna taste fantastic. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited. We won't give spoilers away, 
But this secondary option that we're thinking about, I think, is going to just be that touch that makes people's minds just blown. I hope. Because it's not very common. No. So No. It'll be cool. Yes. All right. Anything else before we jump into uh, the whiskey section? No. Nailed it. All right, so today, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, we have Taconic Distillery's Bourbon Cream. So again, this isn't a bourbon or a whiskey. It's a bourbon cream, kind of like Bailey's Irish Cream, or we had Black Button on two years ago with the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's so long ago. But basically, this is taking one of their products, blending it with cream, and then calling it a bourbon cream for various types of occasions or whatever you would want to do. So this is 35 proof in 17.5 ABV. So normally when we talk about ABV and proof, we're around like the 100 proof mark. So this isn't meant to be something that you get sloshed off of. This is meant for you to have like after dinner or in your morning coffee if you're feeling a little risque or anything along those lines. So the MSRP on this also is $55.48. So it is on the higher price point when you compare it to Bailey's and Black Button. I'm pretty sure, right? It's how much? 55. Yes, it's more expensive than Black Button. Black Button's like 30, mid $30 yeah. for a bottle. Yeah. I, I think that like when you listen to all this stuff that's happening, it's like it sounds like tumbleweeds of plastic are just rolling through the studio. Yeah, except it's just death from above via snowman. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not even snowing. It's just so windy. I'm yeah. looking at my neighbor's pinwheel and the thing's like, see ya. It's going as fast as possible. But um, so a little background on this. We talked at nauseum about Taconic Distillery <laughs> on episode 55. So if you're interested in hearing more about the Taconic business model and the other um, product that we reviewed, which was their straight bourbon, uh, go back and check that out. It was a very, very good product, very tasty. And there's some cool collaboration that happened specifically with the bottle that we had. So go back and check that out. That was episode 55. So some of their products, since we didn't touch about on that last time, some of the products that they have, they have the straight bourbon Duchess private reserve, which is what we had that scored an 86 on Jim Murray's whiskey Bible. I don't know who Jim Murray is, but he sounds like a pretty popular dude. Uh, then they have a straight bourbon barrel strength that scored a 92.5. The double barrel maple bourbon, which was not rated. Founder straight rye whiskey, which was a 90. And a straight rye whiskey barrel strength, which is 91.5, which is very interesting. I don't know if I've seen a rye barrel strength. Have you? No. That's specifically called out as a rye barrel strength. Yeah. I want to try that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so... Taconic, their bourbon cream is manufactured using their award-winning straight bourbon whiskey. So the first product that we tried, that's what's being used to make this bourbon cream. And that's really all that we got. All right. Well. Uh, it's They're located in the Hudson Valley, right, New York. Um, so if you do want to try something, go on their website. They do have a listing of stores and places where you can buy them. So go on there, check them out. Their stuff is very, very good. And already, just the initial taste off of this, this is a very good bourbon cream. It is. It definitely is. Taconic, uh, thank you for yeah. sending this. We greatly appreciate it. Obviously, we had to feature it because right. we're excited. So thank you for the additional content and have allowing you, us to work more with you guys. Have you had like 
before we started this podcast, were you a big bourbon cream guy? No, I really didn't know. I didn't know much about it. Um, Bailey's Irish cream was always like around. All right, dude. I forgot there's ice in here. I know. Well, you know, that's what happens when you hang out with the Titanic. So (laughs) the like Bailey's Irish cream was always around. Uh, My family always made like mudslides or threw it in their coffee just because, you know, what else would you do? So on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, the Lord's Day. But would you ever throw it in your coffee? Did you do that a lot or no? I would do like, like growing up. I wasn't allowed to touch it. Now would I do it? Absolutely. <laughs> On a Saturday, no doubt. Yeah. I would. You don't do you normally put cream in your coffee? No, I drink it black. Yeah. I just I just pour it. All the work was already done. It's the same thing as drinking whiskey neat. That's right. how I consider it. Yeah. You know, they work real hard to make it what it is. I just want to taste it. Have you ever seen those scales that are like, all right, so starting at A and going yeah. to E, what is your coffee? What is your toast? And what is your what's the other one? Steak. Yeah, where do you fall on those? I rare for my steak. First, do you all. actually like it rare or yes. are you a medium rare guy? No, rare. You like it still mooing at you, where yeah. the where the inside is still cold a little bit. Well, I mean not not purple, <laughs> but it's red and it's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The my toast is kind of in the middle, like a golden brown, and I always slap you know just a little bit of healthy butter on there. Leave me alone. It's not often. <laughs> I, I do sometimes have dry toast, but it's do you really? I'm like sick or I had it last night with an omelet because I put like I cut the omelet and then I yeah, put it on the toast. Point, yeah. But otherwise, the let's see. And then for my coffee, it's either yeah. black or like the two to three range. <clears throat> sometimes like, like if it's a bourbon cream, I'll do like a dash just so I can experience it in coffee. Um, but Jameson doesn't change the color of my coffee. So it's still black. True. It's just got some JMO <laughs> in there. So when you were growing up, and you first started drinking coffee. Here we go. What was your path like? Because you worked at Tim Hortons too. So what was your path like? Did you start off like 7-7 seven, seven, and then you just dwindled yourself down to black? No, it was always like a double-double with chocolate milk. That was my go-to. With chocolate milk? Yeah. Interesting. Amazing. The First of all, I did not need coffee until I was about 23 years old. So anytime when I was 16 and I took a little sip of Tim Hortons coffee... I couldn't sleep and I was a maniac for like six hours. Like it was, I would run around and clean the whole store like three times. Do you remember the first time you had coffee? Yeah. When was it? It was at Tim Hortons. Oh, when really? I, when I actually like, Damn. I actually had it. I never needed it, dude. See, I had, I remember my first cup was when I was eight, I think. I tried it and I hated it. And like coffee's I, supposed to stunt your growth. Yo, okay. I remember hearing that myth too. <laughs> yeah. Same thing as staring into a microwave is bad for your eyes because of the waves. I mean, that could be too. Well, has anyone ever why done does virtual reality that? work? True. That's a good point. Well, because they're not microwaves. You're not getting microwaves in your eyes. It's the same thing as a TV. Well, it puts off different waves, not microwaves. What? Right? Whatever. <laughs> I want to know if my food's boiling. <laughs> You know, I'm, and, and first of all, it's not like I'm staring at it for the full two minutes and 30 seconds. A washed pot never boils. You ever hear that? No. <laughs> no? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when it comes to baking spaghetti or something, you're staring at it, you're like, come on, boil, and it just never boils. That's what my grandma always used to say. Whatever. But yeah, I, I don't think TVs give off microwaves. That'd be really weird. Like, you just put your TV dinner next to your TV, and it, that's why I call it, they call it TV dinner. So what are the... First of all, are we supposed to are we supposed to rate this thing? Like, well, we got cocktails, but we there wasn't too much to discuss on the history because we already did it, so we can spitball a little bit. Oh yeah, spitball. So we'll just go off on tangents it's about fine. waves and radioactive waves yeah. and frequencies. What were you gonna say now? 
I don't remember, dude. This is a disaster. We, we went off the rails. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, then, do you want to get into the cocktail section? Yeah. Do you have a cocktail? I do. Okay. So, okay. Mine is the... Wait. Drop the beef for the cocktail section. Cocktails. All right. So, mine is the bourbon Irish cream float recipe. Ooh, float. So... Here we go. This is one serving size, 10 to 12 ounces. It's two scoops of ice cream, a half cup of a carbonated beverage, skip that, and then two (laughs) tablespoons of bourbon. So why don't we just do like four tablespoons of bourbon, two scoops of ice cream, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess you can throw in some root beer or whatever, but... That makes the float. You have to have some sort of root beer. If you don't have the root beer, you have my cocktail, nope. which is just pouring this over chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> well, that, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just want to get, a, you know, a boozy smoothie, you know? I don't know. That, that's all mine is, is just pour this over chocolate chip ice cream. It's on their site, and it says that that's his preferred way of consuming this, is pouring this over chocolate chip ice cream. That'd be very good. Well, I mean, this does taste. Yeah, so like, what are you doing after this? Right. This tastes exactly like vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it does. So let's write this thing. Let's do it. Oh, brother. <laughs> God. I hope you slip up shaving and just like you have to shave your entire <laughs> beard. Oh, I thought you were, talk- I thought you were <laughs> no, going I'm morbid. I'm not going to say you die. <laughs> Good Lord. Granted, I do watch The Blacklist, but it's not, you right. know, it's not that bad. All I right. got one of the straight razors, too, that is like a butterfly knife. and <laughs> I would lose like four of my fingers. When I first tried that, I was scared for my life. I'm like, Gina, stand next to me because I might need Ooh. you to put pressure on my uh, carotid artery over here. You, it, it wouldn't matter. It literally wouldn't matter. You could apply I've pressure. I've seen some shows. Oh. What was the show that I watched? Probably Grey's Anatomy, which is full of garbage, no, and no, no, it should have no. been canceled seven seasons ago. It should have. You're Don't right. at me. I was watching something where the dude's whole throat got sl- like slit, and then he was holding... I don't remember. And then he survived. I'm like, no way. Correct. No way. No. You know how much blood goes through your carotid artery? If you that- would die in a heartbeat. <sighs> Nailed it. Yeah. You have I believe it's it's one minute if your um femoral artery. Femoral or carotid get severed. I think it's a minute. And then you bleed out and you go home. A minute. Total. Like, From the time it happened, you have one minute. You have 60 seconds. To get completely like stitched up? Because then there's no way of ever If it's living. your neck, you're going to die. If it's your leg, and they identify it fast enough, and they apply a tourniquet, you have a chance. But you'd still lose your leg. You can't lose your head. Yeah, I mean, you could lose... Well, it, it all depends on the wound. And Do but, you remember years ago... God... Uh, Sarah's goalie, right? Vandercheck? Yeah. Who he got slit in the throat with yeah. a skate? But it wasn't deep It enough. wasn't carotid. Yeah, it was Correct. just like across the neck. Yeah. But that was the scariest thing. And he bled everywhere. Yeah, it was kind of disgusting. <laughs> and it was like shooting. <laughs> in a, okay, we got to... <laughs> we cannot stay on topic at all today. All right, let's, let's do the intro for the clip again. Okay, let's write this thing. All right, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> all right, label branding... God, you're so... We, we, need, we need help. <laughs> okay. Uh, a++, there's a dog on it. Yeah. Immediate A. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, the, it's an immediate A. There's a dog on it. The 
their their labels are straight to the point, but I I honestly do like their font and I mm-hmm. like the the different color strip which they have on each bottle. It's mm-hmm. a different color, so I like that. Yeah, it's classy, it's simple, but it's to the point, and I like it. When Why are all bourbon creams a black bottle? I you can't see through it. I don't. You know what? It's kind of sad because. It makes you always want to have a second bottle because it's the same thing for me as scotch. Like you can't see when it's Mm going, like as you're depleting it and then all of a sudden you're out and then you're just devastated because it's all gone. Do you think it's because people would be turned off if they see a white liquid inside? I don't know. I mean, probably not. Like that's so weird because all of them have Bailey's is black too, right? A black bottle. Yeah. Bailey's is. And then as is black button. Yeah. Black button. Sorry. I had a. I had some gas. So label br- up top, not down low. Pervert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So label branding. Can we end this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is a trip. Yes. All right, so, so no. Yeah. Well, label branding A plus plus. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Nose. Nose. I don't know. It's I just straight- said I can't smell anything. It smells like cream, and it makes me thirsty. It's straight heavy cream and vanilla bean. All right, I'm down. It tastes, it smells and tastes like, okay, we'll get into the initial taste first. So, nose, uh, A, I mean, I'm not getting any other smells to it. Just, like, there's no, no bourbon yeah, smell. Yeah, right. If I was, if we had this out for Christmas or some sort of holiday, a small child wouldn't be able to know that this even has alcohol in it based off the smell. That's what I'm saying. Based off the smell. Correct. I agree. I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, agree. All right, so A for nose? Yeah. All right, initial Ini- taste? Initial taste, you are getting, you know, cream, vanilla bean, like you said, and then you do get, all right, and then you do get a little bit of uh, kick mm-hmm. from the bourbon, but it's it's not like you can pick up baking spices or oak or yeah. anything like that. It's just kind of like a sting, and it's pleasant. So when you were younger, did you, when you have ice cream, ever... Like, take the spoon and just destroy the ice cream and get it all, like, velvety, smooth, like, uh, liquid type and drink it. That's what this tastes like. If you take vanilla bean ice cream and you drink that, this is all what it tastes like. But slow churned. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I agree. I agree. agree. So, A again? A. Perfect. Are you writing this down, champ? Oh my god, what's up with the setup today? God, I'm sorry guys, I'm still new here. Um, <laughs> it's only been two years. Right. Why can't I edit? So A++. A++ plus plus a, and then A. a. Yeah, A, A. There you go. Alcohol's anonymous. Yeah. My name is Mike. Hi, Mike. As now, we just talked about how we can't taste any of the bourbon because we're literal alcoholics at this point. <laughs> um, all right, so ending note, what yeah. are you getting? Ending note, you do get the bourbon, but it's not like you're getting a specific flavor profile out of it. But you're just getting like the the sting of it, and then it do this whole thing encapsulates your mouth, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a full body, as some would say. It makes you salivate a lot. Yeah, this is very good. So, ending note. Um, do, you get, do you get a little honey? Yeah. On the ending note, uh, maybe a little bit more of that vanilla bean again. Okay. I mean, if you get honey, you get honey. Um, A, again? All right. Jesus, we have more, you savage. I just don't want to waste any. <laughs> you're just sticking your <laughs> I know, I'm just licking it like a horse. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, A for a. sure. <laughs> They're never going to use this for any promotional videos ever. <laughs> like, these two are clowns. They literally don't know what they're talking about. All right, so we do. We're certified bourbon stewards. All right, so final rating, you ready? 
Yeah, give me that countdown. Three, two, one. 86. 86. Dude, I hate us. Go away. Why were we so similar and everything? At least I'm safe inside my mind. (laughs) At least I'm safe inside my mind. All right. So, yeah, that is Taconic Distillery's Bourbon Cream Review. Go check out their website to see where you can buy it near you. They do ship uh, within New York State, and they they are available quite a bit in the New York area. I'm not sure how far their reach is. But it, it is very good, and I would – I'm definitely going to try to have this in some coffee this weekend. A little BHH brunch again? Uh, depending, because we have a lot of things happening this weekend for the podcast already. We have a lot to discuss. Um, yeah, maybe next weekend. It's fine. You don't want to hang out with me. Um, so <laughs> no, I do. We just have to brew when we would do brunch. Yeah, I know. That's true. You want to talk about that too before we get into the prominent people section? Yeah, so we're sorry, we're disasters right now. Yeah, we got shit everywhere. Okay, God. so I I really don't try to swear on here, and we're pretty good at not swearing. But yeah, sometimes but then sometimes just you just go off. All right, here, All right, use easy. this. You ready? No. All right, now it's not nearly as loud as the soffits up there. Correct. So February twenty right seventh, we are so a week ago. By the time this airs, we are doing a. Collaboration with our friends at Crooked Lamppost Brewing, and we're excited because we've been trying to do this since before COVID. Um, and then when COVID hit, things changed, whatever, whatever. Um, so played it safe. There was a there was a scheduling hiccup where things just didn't line up, but now it did. So we're going over there. We're brewing a beer with them, and then. Spending the day hanging out, so we're we're pumped, and then that way we can then have that beer that we make on our show, and then further promote them, and then let everybody know what basically went into it, and then we're most likely it's going to be on our story. Mm-hmm. So if you're not following us on Instagram, it's Buffalo Happy Hour Twelve. Make sure you tune in because it's it's basically just going to be a, a blast. A pink guava wit beer is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. So it's a fruity wit. Yeah, pumped. So that's going to be a really good time. Hopefully, it's not freezing, but whatever. Yeah. Well, they have such a sweet that, setup. There I think too. they have a heated. I yeah, think it's heated. Their spot's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. So cool. Prominent people. All right, everybody, thank you again for tuning into our Prominent People Buffalo section, where we talk about some pretty prominent people in the Buffalo area that have impacted the area. Uh, this is our ninth episode. Yeah. We Technically, it's our tenth because we spent two on William Wilde, Bill Joe Donovan, and we started with none other than the infamous Stephen Grover Cleveland. Uh, but now we are talking about who? Tim Russert. Nailed it. So Timothy John Russert, for those of you who don't know who he is, which... Really don't understand how you don't know Tim Russert. Hold on, this is ten, tenth episode. No, because we had eight A. We yeah, and then eight we did eight A. Willis Carrier, right? Wasn't that after Willis Carrier? And then oh yeah, so this is ten. This is ten. All right, go cool, Bills. Nailed it. So Tim Russert, for those of you that don't know, was a American television journalist and lawyer who appeared for more than sixteen years as the longest serving. Uh, moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. He was a senior VP at NBC News for the or at the Washington Bureau Chief and also hosted a um 
epitomist of CNBC, MSNBC weekend interview program. He was a frequent correspondent and guest on NBC's The Today Show and Hardball. Russert covered several presidential elections, and he presented the NBC News slash Wall Street Journal survey on the NBC Nightly News during the 08 presidential election, which the way he did that election is still used today. Like, he was the one that started it. Hmm. So, <clears throat> Time Magazine included Russert in its list of 100 most influential people in the world in 2008. Russert was posthumously revealed as a 30-year source for syndicated columnist Robert Novak. So, Russert was born in Buffalo, New York. He was the son of Elizabeth Betty, who passed in August 2005, and she was a homemaker. And then Timothy Joseph Big Russ Russert... <laughs> Uh, who he passed away on September 2009 as a sanitation worker. His parents were married for 30 years, but before separating in 76, uh, Russert was the only son and the second of four children. He has three sisters. His parents were Catholics, and he had German and Irish ancestry. He received a Jesuit education, which is the study of Jesus, mm -hmm. From Canisius High School in Buffalo. He received his bachelor's in 1972 from John Carroll University and a Juris Doctor with honors from the Cleveland State University Cleveland Marshall College of Law in 76. So basically, he knew all the things about the Lord. PTL. Praise the Lord. Uh, Russer commented on Meet the Press. GTL. Jim Tan Laundry. Yes. Uh, he went to... So... He commented on Meet the Press that he went to Woodstock in a Bills jersey with a case of beer. While in law school, an official from his alma mater, John Carroll, called Russert to ask if he could book some concerts for the school as he had done while a student. He agreed, but said he would need to be paid because he was running out of money to pay for law school. One concert that Russert booked was headlined by the unknown singer at the time, Bruce Springsteen. Really? Who charged $2,500 for the concert appearance. Russert told this story to Jay Leno when he was a guest on The Tonight Show on NBC on the 6th of June in 2006, which is fascinating That's to me. crazy. Yeah. So John Carroll University has since named its Department of Communication and Theater Arts in Russert's honor. Prior to becoming host of Meet the Press, he ran one of U.S. Senator Daniel Moynihan's five major law offices based in Buffalo. He later served as, as a special counsel and chief of staff to Moynihan, a Democrat from Hell's Kitchen, New York. In 83, he became the top aide for good old Mario Cuomo. For those of you who don't know, he's also a Democrat, and he's the father of good old Andy Cuomo. Good. We can skip this section. He was hired by NBC News Washington Bureau the following year and became Bureau chief by 89. He assumed the job of host of the Sunday morning program, Meet the Press, in 91, and would become the longest-serving host of the program. Its name was changed to Meet the Press with Tim Russert, and, at his suggestion, went to an hour-long format in 92. The show shifted to a greater focus on in-depth interviews with high-profile guests, where Russert was known especially for his extensive preparatory research and cross-examining style, similar to like what you see now on 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. which it takes a lot of people an hour to watch 60 Minutes. So, no, you're not going to do the drum thing? You're just going to slide right... Thank you. Goodness. All right. <laughs> so I was looking up who is the host of Meet the Press Now, which is Chuck Todd. Gotcha. Uh, so, one approach... All right. 
One approach he developed was to find old quotes or video clips that were inconsistent with the guests' more recent statements. That'd be nice. Presented them on air to his guests and then asked them to clarify their position. With Russert as host of the show, it became increasingly popular, receiving more than 4 million views per week. Million. And millions. <laughs> it was recognized as one of the most important sources of political news. Time magazine named Russert one of the, um, like I said earlier, 100 most influential people in the world in 08, and then he began moderating political campaign debates. So during NBC's coverage of the 2000 election, Russert calculated possible electoral college outcomes using a whiteboard. Now, that whiteboard is in the Smithsonian Institution. Really? <clears throat> On the air, he memorably summed up the outcome as dependent upon Florida, Florida, Florida in the election. TV Guide described the scene as one of the 100 greatest moments in TV history. Russert, again, accurately uh, predicted the final battleground of the presidential election of 04 with Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. On the MSNBC show, Tucker... Russert predicted the battleground states of the 08 presidential election would be New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada, saying, if Democrats can win three of those four, then they can lose Ohio and Florida and win the presidency. So per the Washington Post, the phrases red states and blue states was coined by Tim Russert, although in that same article, Russert states that he wasn't the first to use the terminology. John Chancellor was Russert's NBC colleague. He's credited with using red and blue to represent the states on a U.S. map for the 76th presidential election. But at that time, Republican states were blue and Democratic states were red. Imagine that today. Jesus. Yeah, people would flip out. How the colors got reversed is not entirely clear. But during the 84 presidential election between Reagan and Walter Mondale, obviously we know who won that because no one knows who Walter Mondale is. ABC well, I News. I thought he won. Anyways. ABC News used a map which showed Republican states as red and Democratic states as blue. According to Dave Brinkley, that's because red equaled Reagan. Hmm. So mainstream political discussion following the 2000 presidential election using red state, blue states more frequently. Now, this is pretty interesting. There was a famous CIA leak scandal in the early 2000s. It's known as the Plame Affair. So Scooter Libby is the convicted chief of staff for VP Dick Cheney. He got shot, by the way, Dick Cheney, by a shotgun during a hunting accident. Just shot his own man in the back. Jesus. So he told special prosecutor Patrick Fitzgerald that Russert told him of the identity of a CIA officer, Valerie Plam, who was married to a former ambassador, Joseph Wilson. Russert testified previously, and again in the United States versus I, Lewis Libby, that he would neither testify whether he spoke with Libby, nor would he describe the conversation. Russert did say, however, that Plame's identity as a CIA operative was not leaked to him. Russert testified again in the trial of it on February 7th of 07. According to the Washington Post, Russert testified that when any senior government official calls him, they are presumptively off the record, saying, when I talk to a senior government official on the phone, it's my own policy. Our conversations are confidential. If I want to use anything from that conversation, then I will ask permission. Just all for the boys. So growing up in New York as a Yankees fan, he switched his allegiance to the Washington Nationals when they were established in D.C. He held senior... Uh, yeah, senior. He held season tickets to both the Nationals and the Wizards and was elected to the Board of Directors of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown in 03. He's a lifelong fan of the Bills. 
Russert often closed Sunday broadcasts during the football season with a statement of encouragement for the franchise. The Bills released a statement on the day of his death saying that listening to Russert's Go Bills exhortation was a part of the Sunday's morning pregame. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Which, as you and I know, led to um, one of the most famous things on TV that he's done, um, but he prayed publicly on the show with his dad when the Bills were going to the fourth Super Bowl for the fourth consecutive time. So in 2008, July, Route 20 leading up to the Bills Stadium in OP was renamed to the Timothy J. Russert Highway. And you see that sign right before that bridge Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the hill. Bottom of the hill. So uh, from there... Russert was also a Sabres fan and appeared on an episode of Meet the Press next to the Stanley Cup during the Sabres playoff run. While his son was attending Boston College, he often ended Meet the Press with a mention of the success of various Boston College sports teams. And Russert, then a student at the Cleveland Marshall College of Law, attended a 10-cent beer night. Okay, it was a promotion by the Cleveland Indians, which ended in a riot at the stadium. He went with $2 in his pocket. He recalled, you do the math. (sighs) The dude crushed 20 beers at a beer tent. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ended in a riot. So after he went to Woodstock in a Bill's jersey with a case of beer. Jesus. So in 2004, Russert penned a best-selling autobiography called Big Russ and Me. This, I found, not just interesting, but sentimental and powerful. So Big Russ is his dad, mm-hmm. right? So he... Um, chron- he uh, Okay, Mike, try to read. Yeah, what's going on? It chronicled his life growing up in the predominantly Irish-American working-class neighborhood of South Buffalo and his education at Canisius High School. His dad was a World War II vet who held down two jobs after the war, emphasized the importance of maintaining strong family values, the uh, reverence of faith, and then never taking a shortcut to reach a goal. Russer claimed to have received over 60,000 letters from people in response to the book detailing their own experiences with their dad. So then he released Wisdom of Our Fathers, Lessons and Letters from Daughters and Sons in 2005. It's a collection of some of those letters. That book also became a bestseller. Hmm. I love that. Jesus. So in 2008, he passes away, right? So shortly <coughs> after 1.30 p.m. on June 13th, 2008, Russer collapsed at the offices of WRC-TV, which houses the D.C. Bureau of NBC News, where he was chief. He was recording voiceovers for the Sunday edition of Meet the Press in a speech he gave at the Kennedy Center. Brian Williams said that Russert's last words were, What's happening? Spoken as a greeting to NBC Washington Bureau editing supervisor Candace Harrington as he passed her in the hallway. He then walked down the hallway to record voiceovers in the soundproof booth and collapsed. A co-worker began to perform CPR on him. Uh, the D.C. Fire and Rescue Service received a call from NBC at 1.40 p.m. and dispatched an EMS unit, which arrived at 1.44 p.m. Paramedics attempted to defib his heart three times, so mm-hmm. rum together clear, clear. Um, <clears throat> but he didn't respond. He was then transported to Sibley Memorial Hospital, arriving at 2.23 p.m., and he was pronounced dead. He it was took their sweet-ass time getting his <clears throat> Sibley. 1.44 to 2.23. Well, I mean, they were working on him. So he was 58 years old at the time of his death. On the evening of his death, the entire nearly commercial-free half hour of NBC Nightly News was dedicated to his memory. So this is where things take a turn. Well, how did he die? Heart. Oh. Uh, yeah, heart attack. So, <clears throat> or heart complications. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. hypertension or whatever, but 
heart. So on the evening of his death, they had a, a commercial-free half-hour special dedicated to his memory. CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox News, and BBC spent large segments of their programming on June 13th reporting about his life and career as well. So George W. stated at a news conference with the French president, Nicolas Sarkozy, America lost a really fine citizen yesterday when Tim Russert passed away. I've had the a privilege of being interviewed by Tim Russert. I found him to be a hardworking, thorough, decent man, and Tim Russert loved his country, he loved his family, and he loved his job a lot. Bruce Springsteen, who was a friend of Russert's, gave an onstage tribute to him while performing in Cardiff, Wales on June 14th and again at Russert's televised Kennedy Center memorial service, calling him an important, irreplaceable voice in American journalism and offering condolences to his family. Now, some journalists criticize the amount of media coverage that Russert's death received. Obviously. So Mark... Leibovich of the New York Times Magazine wrote in his book, This Town, Two Parties and a Funeral, Plus Plenty of Valet Parking, in America's Glided Capital, about how Russert's funeral in many ways became a spectacle of some of Washington's most cultural characteristics, largely centering on self-interest and posturing, while feigning remorse for the loss of the deceased. Some attendees even went as far as handing out business cards and vying for good seating. So... Uh, that was all reported, or no, so then Mike Bryzezinski of MSNBC's Morning Joe, he dubbed the scene as a new low, even for Washington tackiness. So it was basically a power trip of like, I got this close to, yeah. and I, I sat front row, and I'm like, seriously? Like, I it just, I don't so know. So dumb. Yeah. <clears throat> it's fascinating, though. What what a good life he lived. Yeah, and I mean, he was the like face a, of he was a face of politics. Like yeah. there was, um, and it seemed like it was pretty fair when he was doing it. So he reported on the CIA scan. That was so the CIA scandal and the Iraq War were like his two major milestones that was researched and reported on. Um, and then the CIA scandal was interesting just because he basically told the government like it's all confidential. Like if if I want to use something for the news, I specifically ask them. Can I use this? Can I use that? Similar to us, where we're like, is there anything you said in this interview you don't want yeah. out there? Like, we just have that professional respect. So that's, I, I don't know, in my opinion, paramount. But him using the tactic that I think we all kind of want now, like, reverse a script. If, they're on, if, they, if they stand on this side of the line, but three years ago they stood on this side of the line, why aren't we reporting that and asking those questions right. to see where they actually stand and what happened? And, you know, having basically no term limits at all, for consecutive term limits, for that matter, for multiple levels of government officials, like that should be included. Like what changed and and why? Yeah. So that the American people understand like what you're actually doing because again, they work for us. Like we don't work for them. So I the whole thing was just fascinating to hear how in the early two thousands and the Iraq war and like political tension was high, but it wasn't like this. Yeah. You know? So but yeah, that's that's Tim it, just, it does a disservice to us now not having that type of detailed questions to ask somebody about why they're flip flopping. They're like, all softball questions that they get asked. It's so frustrating, and not to get political, but we just talked about Tim Russert, so obviously we are. But the when Trump was in office, every single post was negative. Yeah, and yes, he was an idiot. Not saying he was a great dude, but now. 
all I see about the Biden administration was Jen Psaki answering your questions and Joe Biden answering his questions. And it's just Google searches that are like, what's Joe Biden's favorite color? It's like, this isn't news. What are we doing? Right. This is not helping anybody make good decisions. It's all just trying to make them look human when they didn't before. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating now. And our boy Tim Russert should be back. We, we need more Tim Russerts in the world. That's what I'm saying. Because he gets stones, dude. Like, he would direct, he would put him on the hot seat. Yeah. Which and, they should. Yeah, but, like, even now, there's there's <clears throat> journalists that want to have interviews with Cuomo, and they it's their request is denied just straight up. No, I'm not, I'm not going to have an interview with him. And now like he's, I guess he's getting shammed or whatever for having interviews with his brother because his brother would just put softball questions up yeah. in the air and just like give him the most easiest publicity stunt in the world. Yeah. Now Chris isn't able, he's not able to interview Andrew at all anymore. When did that come out? Cause I missed that a week ago. I think it was a week ago. Yeah. I heard about it and I'm like, Oh, seriously, when all this happened? started happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because now people are starting to understand that everything was pushed under the rug for a while. And he needs to be out of office. Everything's been pushed under the rug for over eight years. Yeah, I. I this I is know. where we need term limits. We so for those that don't know in New York State, because we have listeners outside of New York State. In regards to term limits, there are term limits. There's just no limit to how many consecutive terms you can have as governor of New York State. There's also no recall option in New York state like there is in California. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people from California or from the West are like, why don't you just do what California is trying to do with Gavin Newsom? And that's because we physically can't. The only thing we can do is impeach. And that's going to be obviously an extremely long, difficult process in regards to how like liberal the appellate court system is. And then also just to get to that point of mm-hmm. actually him showing up in court to then go through the trial, it's going to be a zoo. And yeah. obviously it's going to be media circus. All the powers that be are going to be there. Like it's the whole dynamic of the state's changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel like 2022 is going to be the turning point for New York state mm-hmm. where the election, even if he gets reelected, which I don't know, like I obviously can't tell the future, but I think it's going to surprise a lot of people about how red New York State is right. just because they want to change. Not because they want a Republican in office, but just because they want him out. Similar to the presidential election. I was just going to say the same thing. It's going to be the reverse Donald Trump Right. Biden like election. it's it's not about it's just anybody but him. Yeah. That's basically what's going to happen. So I don't I don't even know who's running. Like I don't know any viable option that's going to run for governor. Dude, Mark Molinaro pulled in like a solid 30% running against him last time. Yeah. He needs to run again. And there's there's talks locally of term limits, which even on the local government, man, there needs to be term limits. Like our boy Mahalyu, right? Yeah. His last name? Stefan Mahalyu. Yeah. He's a huge proponent in Hamburg about term limits. Yeah. Even down to that level, we need turnover. We cannot have the same career people in power, and they're just going to keep bringing in their friends and family. And there's no term limits. Right. You just get stagnant. And it's it's not about politics. It's just as a human being, you get stagnant specifically in that position where it's just not – just keep it fresh. Yeah. Like the, the whole point of government was so that the average person was elected by their peers and then they were put there. Mm-hmm. And then they're there for a little bit. They can do what they can and they, they get kicked out. Like it's it's you, not a it's not a foreign concept. Do you think that there's going to be a lot of celebrities running for political office coming 2024? Probably just because they think they have a platform and they really don't. Mm-hmm. Like, no one cares what you post on Instagram. <laughs> it, like, there's still talks about the rock running. Well, okay. Dwayne Johnson, like, what are you going to do about 
every foreign policy ever. Right. Like, what what are you going to do domestically? Like, no one knows. Well, I'm going to work out at 4 a.m. every day. <laughs> like, okay, cool, Dwayne. But it's like, just his running mates, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, like 2 a.m. <laughs> there's some things that need to be, you know. That'd be awesome, though. <laughs> would it, though? It'll just beat the shit out of Kim Jong-un. <laughs> I don't know if he would. I just... That's a whole different league. Yeah. And there's some people that should just stay in their lane. Like, it's not it's not a bad thing. And I understand The Rock worked extremely hard for everything he has. No disrespect. But it's just like... How did Arnold Schwarzenegger get into... That office? was a fluke, dude. That was a fluke. Well, I know that. But, like, what was that transition? Should we have him on? I think we should have him on the podcast. Yeah, let's just call him up. All right. Yo, Ani. Ani, <laughs> come on. The governor. Yeah, we can just, I don't know, we'll talk about nachos on the corner and how they shouldn't be there. You know, I just, who knows? Could you imagine that conversation? No. I couldn't either. It would never happen. He is intelligent, but I just, I I mean. But like, was it, do you you know anything about that? Like, was he? No. I would, dude, that was. Because that's the last time California was red. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the only thing that I remember about him. And his campaign was he had a commercial where he's like, California, it's the only place you can ski and work out on Venice Beach in the same states. And he's talking about like Northern Cali versus Southern yeah. Cali. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, and then he got elected. And I'm, I was like a little boy. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like he won. This and, is the best. And my stepdad was just staring at me like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, <laughs> no, this isn't normal. I'm like, of course it's not normal. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and if you want to try to tell me the American dream is dead, first of all, look at our podcast. Right. The American dream is well in life, and secondly, Arnold because Schwarzenegger we're really successful. We, but we were we had the opportunity mm. by being in the U.S. to create this, and we capitalized because of capitalism, free markets, and right. work ethics. So it it does work, it, and free it, speech, and free speech. It exists. Like, and Arnold. Was the governor of California, who literally came here from Austria, worked his his rear end off, yeah. became a bodybuilder, then an actor, and then in politics. Like the American dream is alive. Like yeah. just stop. like no, we can't be president, want. but I mean, he kind of proved it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm freezing. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. This has been episode 75 of the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. I forgot my uh, sheet. I yeah, don't know. I, we're a disaster. Today's <laughs> went on the rail, off the rail. We hit the guardrail a couple times. We're tumbling <laughs> down the cliff. We know it. But thank you all for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. Go check out Taconic Distillery's website. Go pick up some of their product. Also, if you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, please subscribe. It definitely helps us grow. Uh, just hit that subscribe button right here. Like right, right here. Right right now right here and then also leave a like on the video please leave a comment let us know what your favorite part of today's video was there were a lot of different parts today so uh please leave a comment down below follow our social media accounts i will leave them right here as well facebook and instagram facebook at the buffalo happy hour instagram at the buffalo happy hour 12 and we really appreciate it so thank you guys for sticking around this coming week or this past friday i'm sorry we had hydraulic hearth interview releasing so if you are interested in hearing about that and you're from the local buffalo area and interested in the history of cocktails how the old-fashioned got its name and just overall amazing ambiance of the hydraulic hearth area go check out that interview and then this coming friday is going to be first line brewing which is going to be an incredible interview they have some great products and you'll be seeing a review with their product coming soon so thank you all for joining we really appreciate it please remember to drink responsibly be a good person and michael do not litter we're out
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.